everyone, and welcome back to the All Things Self podcast, or welcome to the All Things Self podcast if you are a new listener. I'm really excited to have you all here today. I'm also really excited for today's episode. It was the first time I ever interviewed anyone. I interviewed Tiana, today's guest, before I interviewed my brother or like had the episode I had with my brother. So this was like my first real interview and I was super excited to do it with Tiana. I absolutely love Tiana. She's one of my closest friends. Tiana has her own small business. She's the lead photographer at TS Photography and she started that business when she was in high school. And in this episode, we talk about that. We also talk about becoming an art teacher because this was her first year being an elementary school art teacher. And she is just such a creative and inspiring person. She is super nice. She's always kind, very down to earth and has room for anyone to really talk to her. I I'm so happy that Tiana and I became friends. We became a lot closer this past year in 2019, and it's been a really great time. I love having her as a friend in my life. So in the episode today, we talk about becoming an art teacher, high school, elementary school, creativity, which is so important to incorporate into your life in any way or form. And we also talk about college and all of her multitasking skills. So it's a really good episode today, and I really hope you enjoyed it or enjoy it. You haven't listened to it yet. And we also recorded this remotely. So this was through Zoom. So it wasn't like an in-person interview interview. So before we get into the interview, I wanted to have a little chit chat with you all, see how you all are doing. I'm doing okay. I've had a pretty busy day. I interviewed my brother today for last week's episode and then I edited a whole bunch today with all the podcasts and I went for a long walk and I did a workout this morning. So I've been pretty tired and I also wanted to do my normal, what I'm grateful for and how I put myself first today. So today I am grateful for the ability to cook and like and eat (laughs) and also like the food that I have in my fridge in my pantry because I made banana muffins today and they weren't like the best muffins I've ever made in my entire life but they were pretty good I enjoyed them I just didn't have the right flour so they were like a little flat you know when you like uh, you make a muffin and it's just like not as fluffy as you want it to be and I also made chicken and just some veggies and stuff so that was really great and I'm just really grateful for everything I have in my pantry to keep me full and satisfied and to have just the ability to consume these nutritious, delicious foods. And how I put myself first today was doing my kundalini practice when I woke up. I did my normal oil pulling and morning prompts, which we'll get into in a solo episode, but I also did my kundalini practice and I was really tired and I didn't really know if I wanted to do it, but then I was like, no, do it. Like, because I'm doing a 10-day challenge. Today was the seventh day and I did it and I pushed through my blocks and it was really amazing. And I also went through a really, really long walk or I went on a really, really long walk and I moved my body around a ton today. So those are some ways that I put myself first. I believe that I mentioned that in last week's episode too, is that I did Kundalini. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys about that all, but I don't want to ramble on for too long because today's episode is pretty long. Tiana and I talked a whole bunch and I'm super excited for you all to hear it. So let's get into today's episode. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the All Things Self podcast. So today I am with Tiana Sparks. Say hi, Tiana. Hi. (laughs) How are you doing today? Awesome. Glad to be here. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you. So I wanted to start with some intro questions just to get you a little warmed up. These are questions that I'm beginning to do at the start of all my podcast episodes. So today, what is something that you're grateful for? I'm grateful for my family and friends and just the light and happiness that they bring to my life. This quarantine has really made me realize how important like everybody is and that human connection. So, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. That's something I've realized a lot lately too. I've been really grateful for communication. Um Specifically because it's like now when I like FaceTime friends or call friends or doing an interview like what we're doing right now, it's like, I'm so happy I get to talk to someone. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel the same way. And then um, how have you put yourself first today? So as soon as I woke up this morning, I did a little at-home workout. And that's something I'm trying to get to enjoy because I don't really like working out. But... Um, I've been pretty consistent with it the past three weeks with this whole quarantine and I've really been enjoying it now. So that's been awesome. What kind of workout did you do? So I did a little ab workout and um, mini Pilates. And Ooh, yeah. I love Pilates. Yes. <laughs> and that's like so much more intense than I thought it was when I first was like, I'm going to start doing Pilates. I was like, this will be not that bad. Ugh, I was sweating so much. <laughs> I don't even yeah. need to get through the full set. I was like, I need a break. <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to do some speed round questions. So just whatever answer comes to the front of your mind after I ask you the question, okay? Okay. So what's your favorite form of self-care? I would have to say yoga because no matter what kind of day I'm having, I feel it always puts me in such a good mood and my body feels so great after. Yeah, I would have to agree. I've been doing kundalini yoga a lot lately and I feel so good after, like very light and energized. Um, what is your go-to breakfast? (laughs) So my go-to breakfast is a green smoothie bowl, which includes a cup of berries, two cups of spinach, some spirulina powder, collagen peptides. And rather than going with the traditional way of drinking a smoothie, like out of a cup, um, I like to put it in a bowl and add toppings to it, such as granola unsweetened coconut flakes, cacao nibs, and different kinds of nuts like sliced almonds and walnuts. So that sounds so good. It's so good. (laughs) Is there like specific berries you use or just like mixed berries? So I normally just get like a triple berry mix blend, which has um, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. Sometimes they throw in strawberries. I like that too, but Love the berries. Yeah. Berries are really good for you too. Yeah. What's the most inspiring book you've read? So right now I'm currently reading The Good Neighbor, which is on the life and work of Fred Rogers by Maxwell King. And oh my gosh, I (laughs) have been truly just enjoying reading every single page because it talks so much about um, the impact that he had on so many children and the way that he interacts with children 
is so different than what people normally think. And he was just such a kind and creative soul. And I love that. I wish I could have met him. Yeah. So is he someone that inspires you in general then? Yes, for sure. He's up there. (laughs) I remember watching him when I was younger, like first thing in the morning with my breakfast. It was a good time. It was a good time. (laughs) I love the music in the show. It's so like calming and relaxing. Yeah. Um, How have you stepped outside of your comfort zone recently? Um, I'd have to say, I think doing this podcast right now is me stepping out of my comfort zone because I feel I'm not one to really talk about myself in depth. So this is honestly a great experience for me and I'm so glad to be here with you today. I'm so happy that you're here with me today. Well, remotely. We're remotely with each other. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We're still distancing, guys. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then what is your favorite aspect about yourself and why? I would have to say that I think one of my best qualities is how I always try to be positive, no matter what the circumstances. I feel that they're. (laughs) I I feel that there are so many negative things going on in the world but why spend your life fixated on those things when you can be designing a life in which you feel happy content and want to make those around you feel just as good so I really like that and I really Um, agree with you I think that so many people are seeing like the negative parts of life or what they don't have or what they're missing instead of focusing on like the good in their life and gratitude and positivity. So I'd have to agree with you there. And it is something I noticed about you when we first became friends. I was like, she is so (laughs) happy and positive right now. All right. So now that we got all those icebreakers out of the way, you've been talking for a little while, you're getting comfortable talking to the audience. I want you to introduce yourself. So tell me, tell them about who you are and what you do and what you're all about. So I'm Tio Sparks. <laughs> and right now I am the art teacher at Bethlehem Elementary School. I teach students in grades K through six. And aside from teaching, I am the owner and lead photographer at TS Photography. If you want to check out my page, it's t.s.photography. I specialize in capturing senior portraits, family portraits, couples and engagements. And this fall, I actually did two weddings. I don't advertise myself as a wedding photographer, but it's something I definitely want to get into in the future. And um, aside from the business aspects on my free time, I hike, I ski, I do some spin classes, I make lots of art, I love to do some antique shopping because I love all things vintage. So those are just all things about me and yeah. Have you always loved things that were vintage? So I have, like I've always loved going to my grandparents and just seeing all the nice little gold and I just feel like back then they put so much time and effort into everything that was produced but now like everything is mainly mass produced so it all looks the same and I just love that unique feel to it 
I guess I've never really looked at it that way, but that makes a Mm -hmm. lot of sense because now everything's made in like factories and they make like thousands of them at a time. Unless you're like getting something from like a local shop or like a small business, like things aren't Mm -hmm. really handcrafted. And I think people also aim for like cheaper products. Like they don't want to invest in like something that was handmade. That's like $20 more than something that was like made in a factory in like 10 seconds or something. But wouldn't wouldn't it be cool to get something that's like one of a kind, you know? Yeah, exactly. I was, before all this happened, I went to the antique store in Bethlehem. And mm-hmm. I got an old honeypot and it's like my favorite Ooh, thing ever. It looks so that. cute. I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. That's I was awesome. so happy about it. I was like, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things in life. <laughs> yeah. So when you were a kid, did like creativity and art, was that all something that was like frequently in your life? Like what was it your childhood like? How did you grow up? So... During my childhood, I um, was raised by my loving and caring mother and father, and I have a younger sister, and I think having a sibling is so important. Like, I mean, I know sometimes the circumstances are different for, like, only children, but I loved having a sister growing up, and she's one of my best friends, and having her around all the time, we just went on so many adventures and did such cool things together. And um, I'd have to say that my mom owned a daycare and that tremendously impacted my creativity and the way I expressed myself because um, I was one of the older kids in the daycare. So I felt I was always trying to engage the other kids and do fun activities with them and inspire their creativity at a young age, like I didn't even know I was doing it. I would put on little plays for them. Like one week I would be a pirate. And then the next week I would be like a firefighter. And I would totally just come up with the scripts like as I went and they loved it and it made sense. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. So I think doing stuff like that and going outside had an impact on my life. And I'm so thankful that I had those experiences. So it seems like creativity came pretty natural to you at like a young age and you weren't even really aware of it at the time. You just were doing what felt good and what you enjoyed doing and making other people happy, which I realized is a really big aspect of who you are. (laughs) I really like to make other people happy, which is really great. And it's a very like beautiful quality to have. So do you think that the daycare helped shape you as a child or is there anything else that like really helped shape you into who you are today? I would have to say that other events other than the daycare, because that was a huge impact, was moving to Virginia Beach, 14 hours away from everything that seemed so normal to me, like having my grandparents right up the street from me, having such close neighbors that were my best friends and leaving everything that I cared about that had a huge impact on my life because one I lived in a small town (laughs) in New Hampshire and I was moving to a huge city where my middle school had 1,500 kids and that's like more than half of what I 
had for students in my high school. So that was something like I feel at the time it was really tough and it definitely was hard getting used to, but it made me feel more apt to change. And I feel I could be more flexible to new experiences. And I loved the school district. I loved um, going to the ocean every weekend. It was such a different environment, but I think that it was meant to happen. And it definitely helped me become more independent as I grew up. So what grade were you in when you moved? Because I know that you moved, but I... We, well, we didn't really know each other at the time. Yeah, that, <laughs> but, I know that you moved, but I like, when did you move and then when did you move back? So I moved the summer before my eighth grade year. So that was kind of hard just because like I was going through the whole summer, no friends, like, and I didn't know how to meet friends in a new city. And like, I had my neighbors that I became friends with, but they were all kind of either old people or um, super young. And so I took up like different crafts. Like that's when I really started honing in on my art skills because I had so much free time. So I went to school throughout my eighth grade year and I actually moved back to Littleton towards, um, I think it was the end of May. So I wasn't even in Virginia Beach for a whole year, but it felt like I was there for like five. Like it was just, there were so many things that were happening, new experiences. Um, But when I got back, my friends were like so excited to see me. Like it just felt so good, but I was missing Virginia Beach a lot and all the friends that I made there. And the reason why we moved back was because my dad's um, job, he worked for Bell and his job got transferred back to Littleton. (laughs) So I was like, oh, okay, this works. (laughs) So you weren't there for an entire year, but you still had a transition from, you know, being surrounded by family and friends to being surrounded by like your close family and then trying right. to make friends. So so you said something that really stood out to me and it was that yeah. really honed on your honed in on your creativity that summer. Do yeah. you want to expand on that? Like how did that make you feel when you were doing it? Did you like help cope with everything? Hope help, help cope with like the transitions? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So um I actually took up jewelry making, which was kind of Ooh. funny because I never yeah, like I never would have thought that I would be super into like making earrings and necklaces, but um we went to a yard sale that summer and this girl was selling her jewelry and I was like, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> so like I just bought a bunch of jewelry making equipment from Walmart and I went for it. I didn't sell any of it, but I gave it as gifts and I love doing that. And I still today love just making stuff and giving it as gifts because I love seeing the way people react to what I make. And yeah, so jewelry making, photography was definitely a big thing. And yeah, just doing paintings, all things art related. I love that. 
<laughs> no, for real though. Like yeah. it's like a summer where you're kind of like by yourself and instead of just like moping around or like, cause you know, when you're in like middle school, you can either like, oh, at least like one time. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. super hard. When I was in middle school, I was like moping around a lot or like <laughs> running around a lot. And I was going through a lot of transitions too. Like middle yeah. school is just very... <laughs> everything's changing you know like yeah. hormones puberty like everything so then this whole big change on top of it it was tough but I just I persevered and I got to know myself a little better and it was the best yeah. thing for me and you found enjoyment in something that you really loved which was yeah. just art and creativity yeah so after that summer and then going back I guess, like, almost a year later, like, moving back, did you keep right. up with, like, art all the time? Or did you kind of, like, so, disconnect from it for a little while? Um, I feel I didn't do it as much as I did that summer because I was back with all my friends and we were always, like, going out to different stores and going out to dinner, having sleepovers. So I kind of lost track of that. But um, in high school, I took up photography more so it all started with doing photo shoots of my friends because um all my life I had all these small little film cameras that you would just like bring to Walmart and like they would develop it and I had like 20 of those because like every birthday I swear like I got a new one every time one was pink one was purple (laughs) like they were all just different cameras but the same yeah it was cool and then eventually I got a little Kodak like digital camera but it's not even close to what they have for digital cameras now but I thought I was like the coolest yeah, like, like person a startup ever. like beginner like you one know. of those little rectangle yeah, yeah. I loved it I Point was like shoot. this is cool yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> so I had that but then um when we moved back from Virginia beach, I was doing a lot of babysitting. And, um, during that time I was saving up all my money because I knew that I wanted to upgrade to a more, um, advanced digital camera, like a Nikon. And, um, so I was determined. I saved up every penny that I made and it went towards my first ever Nikon digital camera. And, the one that I got, it was a Nikon D3 100. And that came recommended by um, one of like my favorite family friends, Allie Gollin. She um, is a photographer. You should all check her out. Shout um, out I to believe, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> I believe her page is Allie Gollin Photographs. But she was the one I actually shadowed under and learned so much of the basic like fundamental um, digital photography skills from. And she recommended the camera to me. She taught me a lot about editing skills and posing in different locations, just the whole shebang. And um, I loved it. So I started getting more invested into it. Once I had the nice camera, I wanted to try it out. So I would just message my friends and be like, hey, I want to do a photo shoot. And of course, like they were all for it. So we would just go around Littleton taking pictures and I would post them on social media. So 
social media, I think with photography is such a good outlet and way to promote your work. So that was totally super important. And everyone was seeing it. So more people were just like giving me good feedback, suggestions. I loved it. And um, the first business transaction I ever did was um, for this friend of mine who was a senior. And at the time I was only a sophomore. So it was like a huge deal for me. Cause I was like, what? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know what to do. You know, like I'm so new to this. And she asked me, she was like, do you do senior pictures? And I was like, um, not really, but I mean, I've always wanted to. And she was like, well, how much do you charge? And at the time, you know, like I only did photo shoots for free because I was just, you know, getting that experience. And she was like, how much do you charge? And I was just like, I, I don't charge. And so she told me to get back to her within the next day with a price and I could do her senior pictures. And I was like, are you sure? Like, I'm, I'm not a professional or anything. Like I'm just fresh off the bat. I have a nice camera, but I'm still learning. She's like, no, I know I want you to do my senior pictures. And that was like the most humbling experience ever. I was just like, wow, like she believes in me. And um, when the time came and I was taking her senior pictures, it felt so good and so right. And I knew that this is what I wanted to continue doing and learn more about. So that I think was the start of TS photography in 2012. So yeah. So eight years later now. I know. And now I'm like eight years. Like it feels like it's only been a few, you know what I mean? Just like it has flown by, but I've loved every senior, um, portrait session I've done every family session just all of it it's made me become a better photographer and um in high school I loved having that small business and being able to put that on my resume it was really neat yeah so let's talk about high school a little bit more before we talk about now because you're doing a ton of things right yes but so so (laughs) you're a sophomore in high school and then you get the first business opportunity yes so how was being in high school and essentially running a small business for yourself because at at that point that's what you're doing you're right I don't know how old are you when you're a sophomore like 14 15 15 16 I'm I'm pretty young for my class so I think I was only 14 maybe yeah so you're like 14 or 15 years old and you're starting a business that you didn't even think you were going to start because you were really just doing it as a hobby like how did that shift the rest of your high school experience and you were doing sports at the time too (laughs) I was so you were doing normal classwork you were doing sports and you were doing your small business so how did all of this impact like your entire high school experience I was definitely a busy girl. <laughs> I um with sports, I played field hockey, I did cheerleading my senior year. I was the captain of our cheerleading team and I think taking on that responsibility and that leadership role really um shaped my desire to be a leader as I grew up and um those were 
two of the main things I love doing and the photography just added into the mix. And that was more of a weekend type of um, hobby that turned into a business. And aside from that, I was my class secretary for all four years. So I loved being able to um, voice my peers' opinions and make those big decisions to benefit them. It was really cool to kind of be up there and help everyone the best I could. And high school for me, I loved because I loved all the little events like prom and winter carnival and all the little dances all of it it was just so fun and I do miss it but yeah it's it's different though now like being out of college it's so it's crazy to think yeah yeah. everything has completely transitioned from high school (laughs) but I'm really just I'm sorry I'm just so curious like so in high school what was like your week like especially during sports season like were you just like busy seven days a week like did you ever have like time that was just like chilling (laughs) hanging so (laughs) um the spring (laughs) was like my time to unwind because um, I wasn't playing any sports. I did tennis, I think like one year, my sophomore year, but tennis, like there's only six, I think it's six people that actually make like the roster and can actually play in matches. So I didn't make it cause you know, it was only my first year. So I didn't, I just did it to branch out, but it was kind of, it was a little boring for me just because you're just sitting watching other people play. So I gave that up, but in the spring, um, I would just spend my time making art, doing photography. I feel I was always busy, like during the week, weekends, I would always try to spend time with my friends, do sleepovers, just the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like just constantly on the go. And then in spring, it was like, like my life now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause now you're on the go too as well oh yeah <laughs> tiana's schedule is kind of crazy sometimes <laughs> we all don't know how she does it but she does it <laughs> so okay so you're out of high school you yeah. had a very good high school experience for my understanding like you really loved yes. high school so oh, wait, now one, ooh, one yeah. last thing sorry so no, fine. i just want to give a quick shout out to the best art teacher i had in high school which was Miss Emily Platt, she, oh my gosh, like she is definitely the person who really jump-started my passion for art and teaching. And I miss her very dearly because in 2016, she unfortunately passed away to liver cancer. But um, I know that now every decision that I have made and everything that has come up for me I know that she's still rooting for me and cheering me on so yeah yeah she's someone that you kind of like still yeah still inspired by and you're still like making decisions to be like she would have really enjoyed this or she would have really been proud of me or you know whatever it may be exactly so now we're gonna talk about college because we talked about high school we talked about childhood so now you're graduating high school 
you had a small business in high school, you had sports, you did the entire high school experience and then some. (laughs) So (laughs) when you went to college, like how was that transition for you and what was your experience like? So for college, I only applied to three schools and it was the three schools in New England because I knew I wanted to stay kind of close to home. Um, The only three schools in New England that actually offered art education as a degree. So um, I applied to Plymouth State University, which was closest to me, Salem State University and Rhode Island College. So I got accepted into all three and I toured all three. Salem, I really, um, I liked because of the whole Halloween scene with like the Salem witch trials and stuff. But the school itself, I felt was kind of in a weird location, like no offense, but I just didn't really feel like that could be my home for the next four years. And yeah, it wasn't a match for you. So yeah, so we looked at Rhode Island college and I loved it. I thought like, it's such a beautiful campus. The art facilities were so amazing. They had so much to offer, but, um, when I toured Plymouth, I was like, this is kind of like Rhode Island college, but it's a lot cheaper and a lot closer. So, um, and also with Plymouth, I met, most of the art professors and from day one I knew that like I truly valued that one-on-one connection because I felt like with Rhode Island College it was more um art based like you as an artist not you as an art educator so I felt like with Plymouth they were more focused on like how well you do as an artist but also like developing your teaching skills and it's a teaching college so I fell in love and that's why I decided to go there yeah and it makes sense that you liked the one-on-one connections because throughout your life before college you've had a lot of mentors even when you didn't realize they were going to be a mentor at the time you had a lot of one-on-one connections with people that helped shape you so it makes sense that you were wanting to be a part of that again and like have that one-on-one connection to really up your teaching skills and up your art skills and whatever your art degree entailed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So um, the experience in general was very uplifting and I loved every minute of it. Um, I loved the art college piece of it. Like college is a fun time and you explore a lot of different avenues and um, clubs and stuff, but I was more focused on the art making and really um, focusing on my goals as a future art teacher. So I loved all the professors, the people in my art major. I loved spending time with them because they're all um, like-minded and they share the same passions. So it was really cool to be able to connect with them. And one of them I'm still super good friends with and she just recently got an art teaching job. So it's cool to like talk to each other about that stuff because the art teaching community is so like small and limited and it's not like you can really go up to the PE teacher and be like, hey, should we uh, use temper paint or acrylic paint for this lesson? Like they don't know. (laughs) So you really have to um, engage with that art community and that's what's really saved me this first year of teaching. But 
Back to college. Sorry, I'm skipping. No, you're fine. You're fine. Talk about whatever feels good. Okay. So um, the experience was super nice. And for the art education degree, I am certified um, in grades K through 12. So all the way up until the end of high school. And I got an advanced concentration in photography, which means for my major, I had to take multiple advanced courses in one particular art subject. So it could have been in ceramics, painting, drawing, graphic design, um, or photography. And knowing that I wanted my business to still thrive and succeed in years to come, I knew I needed to take more classes and advance in that medium. So I took one at Plymouth because they only offered two and I had to take, I think, four photography classes. So I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? So the one I took at Plymouth was actually a film photography class. So like using the dark room, like developing your film. It was a lot of fun and I loved my art professor. He was super cool. Um, and I took one in high school similar to it, but didn't learn nearly as many skills as I did in that class. So that was really neat. But yeah, film seems after- so interesting too. It Sorry to interrupt, so but cool. film no, okay. is just so, I've yes. always been so amazed by that. Like, especially in like yeah. old movies where like they right? have those scenes and I'm like, Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> I love this. So yeah, yeah I would be so no. interested in that too. But I definitely, yeah, I definitely when I'm older want to make my own dark room in my house because that it's would be such, so cool. It's so fun, but you need to have like a super dark space and like the certain lighting to put in it and all the chemicals and stuff. But yeah, that's a future goal. <laughs> so it, it will um, happen. It's a future manifestation. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. So college. Exactly. So after I was, yeah, after I was done that class, I was like, oh no, what do I do? Because the other class that Plymouth offered was mainly a beginner course for non-art majors. So anybody that like wanted to take an art course, but do like photography, that's who it was for. And I was like, I don't really want to do something where I I probably know all the skills that they're going to teach. So I was looking into online photography courses and um with Plymouth or outside of Plymouth outside of Plymouth because Plymouth does do transfers and I know they have like a transfer program with SNU Southern New Hampshire University and so I was looking into the classes they offered and they offer an entire photography degree college program which I thought was like super cool because I was like oh my gosh like you can just like get your MFA in photography. But I didn't want to do that. One, because I knew that one, that would be additional money. Two, I knew I really just wanted to focus on art education and becoming an art teacher. So rather than following the whole degree program, I selected the classes that I thought would help me advance as a photographer. So I took a studio a studio lighting um, photography course, which was really cool. I had to buy like these fancy lights and everything. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I also took like a Photoshop 
class. So I learned a lot about doing different cool things. It's crazy what you can yeah. do. In Photoshop. I had to take a Photoshop class when I was in college. Yeah. And and it was all learning online. And sometimes I was like, man, this is intense. Like there's so many different options to do so so many different things. But if you can get really good at photography, you can do so much with it. And you can use it for like like or photography. You can use it for Photoshop. I'm talking about Photoshop. Right. (laughs) I don't know why I said photography, but you can use Photoshop for photography and graphic yeah. design and all these exactly. things. And I think Photoshop's so cool. Yeah. So um, that was a lot of fun. And then the last class that I took was more exploring different photography elements. So like landscape photography, which I do, but um, like it's not really what I specialize in. So it was cool to develop those skills, still life photography, um doing like different just a bunch of different kind of things it was a lot of fun so all those transferred over and I got that advanced concentration all set then I minored in art history I love art history and being able to teach my students now about like all the famous artists that really developed all these different art methods and stuff. So that was fun. And um, in college, so every semester, I had to observe an art teacher for 10 hours. And like, it seemed like a lot, but it honestly went by pretty fast because I would just go in one day, do a couple hours, go in another. And I learned so much from a lot of local art teachers about their teaching styles and their classroom management that I feel I apply now into my own teaching, which is super cool. Um, So I love doing that, but it was a lot, it's so different observing an art teacher compared to actually teaching a lesson to kids. So as I was going through the observations, I was like, all right, like this seems good. This should be fine. And when student teaching hit my senior year of college, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. (laughs) Because, you know, like, especially with high school, you're so close in age, like, it's not even funny. So it just feels like you're so young, like, you're teaching them, but they're also just a few years behind you. So you you were student teaching high schoolers? So I did my student teaching at Lisbon Regional School, which is a K through 12 school. So I started out, um, it was almost like a year long uh, student teaching experience. So every week I started with kindergarten, then I went on to first grade. And then second, like, but I had all three of those. So kindergarten, first grade, second grade, then I added third grade to the mix, fourth and it just went up all the way to um, my mentor teacher's high school classes. So it was crazy. I don't know, like for all the people out there that went to a K through 12 school, I give you props because like, it's just, it's so different compared to going to an elementary school in a different building. Then, you know, you're all yeah. together. Like high schoolers are walking by kindergartners. It was so different than what, I a different atmosphere to. too. Yeah. And the weird thing that I experienced, well, it wasn't weird, but it was just different. Um, what I experienced during my student teaching is I would have a kindergarten class come in and then 
right after I would have high schoolers. Like it's so, it's so hard because you have to totally change the way you talk to them, you know, like yeah. you talk completely different ages. Yeah, exactly. So that was one thing that I was like, whoa, this is different, but it was a good experience nonetheless. Um, but as I was doing my student teaching, I fell in love with teaching the elementary school kids because um, for the most part, most of them are pretty excited about art. So that is such a good feeling, like having them walk into class and be like, hi, Miss Bugs, and just seeing their excitement. What are we doing today? You know, all that. And um, kindergarten in particular, they're excited with any little thing you do, you know, like you put a little paint on a piece of paper and they're like, whoa, like, how did you do that? <laughs> so it just, it's a cool feeling. And I love seeing their excitement and watching them um, learn new things. So that has definitely been a cool thing. And I just really loved it. So yeah. But when I graduated college, um, I was a little nervous because now you're officially out in the real world, you know, like you feel that way after high school, but you have college, you know, and then after college, that's when it really hits. So I got my bachelor's degree and I was setting off to look for different art teaching jobs. I knew I kind of wanted to still stay in the North country, but if I had to get a job in say Concord, like I was willing to relocate, but um, luckily I heard about an opening at Bethlehem Elementary and I was all for it. I was so excited because I knew some of the students already because of my previous summer job. So it was such a nice transition being able to, um, like go into a new place with new people, but still see familiar faces. And everyone was so kind and it's been an awesome journey. So how has your first year of teaching been? Has it been, like, were you really scared and now, well, I guess not now, because now it's like the pandemic, (laughs) but um, when you first started, were you like really scared and then throughout it, it just like was fine? Like it just was, you accustomed to it pretty easily? Like how was your first year being a teacher without anyone like mentoring you or guiding you along the way or standing by your side? So I love that you mentioned nobody guiding you because, you know, I kind of was just thrown into it. Like the other art, the past art teacher I reached out to during the summer because I just wanted to find out like what worked for her because she was a first year art teacher too. So um, I learned a lot from her. But as I started my first couple of weeks, I was just introducing myself to the kids. Um, They did a little like worksheet to tell me a little bit about them and um then I started coming up with new projects but I wanted to do it based on different themes so um there's an international dot day for anybody who has read the book the dot by Peter H. Reynolds I think that's how you pronounce it um it's all about a young girl who feels that she can't really be creative she can't really draw she can't do anything but then her art teacher tells her to just make a dot and make a mark and see where it takes her 
and she does it and eventually she just keeps making and making and um her work is loved by like everyone so um I wanted to read that book to all my students and have them create projects that were based on dots and a lot of them were super cool we did like zentangle dots and they learned about Kandinsky and his concentric circles um and yeah so that was really cool to start out with and I put on my first display in the school and all of the teachers were like whoa (laughs) like the fact that you produced that with all of your students is so incredible like as a first year teacher and a lot of them were like you're a first year teacher? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it was just cool for them to notice like all the hard work that I had been putting in the first few weeks. Yeah. And you were in yeah. a very supportive community. So the school yes. was very supportive of you so and what supportive. you were doing and your students really loved you and liked the projects yeah. you were doing. Yeah. So, so that makes it dot- so much easier. Sorry. <laughs> so, no, it's okay. So I love that you mentioned that because um, I think that if I didn't have the same dynamics as I do now at Bethlehem, like if I were to teach at a different school for my first year, I think things would have been a lot different. But because all of my coworkers and the administration is so supportive, um, it's just been such an amazing experience and they do everything for the kids it's not for them it's for the kids and their well-being and I love that and yeah and that's extremely important too I think it's really beautiful and more people will want to enroll their kids in a specific school when they can see that their kids are really cared for and that they want the best for the children. And it's not really just about, oh, I'm teaching. It's like, oh, I'm teaching to help you, to help you grow, to help you learn, to do all of these things and to also see your students' growth throughout the year and then throughout the years to come. Right. You'll see them shift and change into the person who they are becoming. Yes, exactly. I love that. (laughs) But um, so aside from the art teaching my first year of teaching, I was also the field hockey assistant coach. Yeah, yeah. I remember this. So you were doing so many things all the time. And like this fall was the craziest. Yeah, the fall was really intense. It was like, will I ever see Tiana again? (laughs) I don't know. She's busy all the time. So yeah. So let's tell the audience about that. Tell them about teaching and then being a part of the field hockey team for coaches. And then also tell them about how you're balancing weddings and photography in general during that time. Cause you were doing senior portraits. Tell them about that because that's absolutely crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy for sure. And I honestly have no idea how I managed it all, but it happened. And as soon as it was all over, like the field hockey and like my business kind of slowing down because of the winter months, I just felt like I accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. And it was so, it felt so great. So um, basically how my schedule was working out was... I want to hear the schedule. Yes. Okay. So good. So... Um, I would go to school. School would get out around like 2.40, 2.45-ish. I would head and straight. What time would you go into school? And what time did you start your day? Right, Like right. when did you so, wake up? 
so I wake up at about 5.15 every morning. So um, some of my coworkers wake up at like four and I'm like, how can you do that? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I wish I could do that. But, my grandpa works, uh, wakes up at three sometimes. So like, cause he's a driver right now. He wakes up at three and then sometimes we'll come back for like an hour at 12 and then leave again for a few hours. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how you do that, man. Literally. <laughs> so you're waking so, up at 5.15. Yes. And, um, I would just do my morning rituals, like making breakfast, taking a shower and I would have a little downtime. So I would just try to like prepare for the day because, um, before I go into school, I like to know what my plan is, like what yeah. I'm doing with my classes, what materials I'll need. And then when I got to school, um, I would have a prep lock. So that was super nice because like teachers need those prep locks to actually get everything ready. And if I didn't have that, I feel that things could have been a lot more stressful, but luckily I had that. So I would go through school, teach the art classes, then school would get out at 2.40ish. I would head straight to Littleton from Bethlehem to um, Remick Park because that's where our field hockey practices were held. So that would normally go from three to like 4.30, mostly five because like we would stay after to chat and pick up um, the equipment and stuff. But on days where we would have a game, like a home game, I normally wouldn't get home until like 6.30. So then I get home at 6.30 and I have dinner and take a shower. So by this time, you're already up for like 13 hours. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so and it's a day. And I'm like, okay, like it's good. But then as I get home, like after all of that, sometimes I would need to prep um, stuff for the next day. So like maybe I needed to work on a PowerPoint that I was going to show the kids. And just, I always tried to be ahead of the game, but I always felt like, I was kind of behind a little bit, but it all, it all worked out eventually. And I feel I was able to deliver good content to my students and they understood it. So that was really nice. But yeah, my days were definitely gym packed and I would try to go to bed at like nine, which seems really early, but I am all considering your day is feels late. (laughs) Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I am a big advocate for getting at least eight hours of sleep. So that's mainly Same. why I, yeah, like I always just try to go to bed to make sure I'm getting eight hours of sleep. So yeah. And then, so that would be my weekly schedule. So then your the weekly week, schedule yeah. is about 16 hours a day. Yeah. And then how... Yeah, about 16. (laughs) About, yeah, 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 about 16 hours, maybe a little less depending on when you actually like laid down and like went to sleep, (laughs) fell asleep. Was that every day, like Monday through Friday, or was that only on the field hockey days, or did you basically stay up till nine every day, Monday through Friday? Well, with field hockey, luckily my mom was also like a co um, assistant coach, so she would take on the away games because I physically couldn't leave the school because I had like classes in the afternoon. I couldn't leave the school to go on a bus to a field hockey game, say in like Berlin. So um, she would take care of that. So I did have some off days, which were really nice to just like 
get myself together and focus on things that I was pushing aside that needed to get done. So that, yeah, was all happening Monday through Friday. And then as my weekend came, (laughs) I was booked every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday, with senior pictures, with family portrait, because the fall is the time. Everybody is Especially up in the North Country where the leaves are just really vibrant and radiant. Yeah, Yeah. that's when everyone wants their photos taken. And I don't blame them because I personally love fall myself. And that's when I try to like get good pictures, you know. And um, But I decided that I would take on two weddings, which was like kind of out of my comfort zone at the time because I wasn't really doing weddings. You know what I mean? Like I had only done a mini one that was like a hike to a wedding like it was very casual but it was really fun um so are you talking about Lexi's oh forgot about what (laughs) no it was sorry Lex (laughs) no yes sorry like no I did do Lexi's and that was really cool too that wasn't super casual like I still felt like I you know I was the wedding it was yeah it was more laid back yeah so um the weddings that I took on this fall one was for a really good um, friend of mine and she I took her engagement pictures the previous year so she was all about my style and my photography and she was like I want you to do my wedding I was like are you sure like I don't normally do weddings but like I'd love to and she was like yes I want you so that's so um, nice yeah and, and it's like really was, reassuring to hear yeah. yeah and she was so great throughout the process like she was on top of everything like having um all these pictures laid out of like what she was envisioning and I would just do my best to capture those kind of shots and she was really impressed in the end and it felt really good so I did that and then the next wedding I took was actually for my godmother so it felt really special and after um, having done the bigger wedding the month before, I felt pretty ready to take on her wedding. And it was actually at the Mount Washington, like cruise boat, like Weirds Beach. So it was a lot of fun because I'd never been on the boat. But yeah, it was You've never was been on a cool. boat? Just like that boat. Oh, you've never been on that boat. Okay. I've been on a boat. Yeah, I was like, you've never been on a boat. Like no. you have so many lakes near us. What? <laughs> You still have Virginia Beach. I don't, I don't understand. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Yeah. So your fall, your fall was very jam packed. So it was like 16 hour days through the weekdays and then probably like 10 to like 15 hour days on the weekends. So Mm -hmm. you really have like a lot of time for yourself. Do you think, cause you mentioned morning rituals, you think your morning rituals during the weekdays helped you kind of have time for yourself and just focus on yourself and like having breakfast and getting ready for the day and not worrying about what was ahead? Yeah, for sure. I love mornings. I am definitely a morning person, not really a night owl. I I think in the morning, it's just, that's the time to wake up and do things for you. It sets the tone for the day. Like I do my best to try and not check my phone as soon as I wake up because then I feel... Like I am super reactive. Like I'll be reactive the whole day to anything that happens. Like I'll just constantly be reacting. But um, when I don't check my phone and I just, 
go about my morning, I feel ready for the day. I am transitioning into becoming a morning person again. <laughs> and I realize, yeah, for real. <laughs> and I realize that when I look at my phone in the morning, it's, I feel reactive, like you said, but I'm also distracted right away. Like I'm distracted from anything I've had a dream about or my morning yeah. thoughts or whatever it may be. So lately in the morning for me, I've been like oil pulling and then doing journal prompts and then doing my Kundalini and it makes it so my day just feels so much lighter, so much easier. And I feel so much better. Quick question for you. What is oil pulling? Because I have noticed (laughs) that like on your Instagram stories and I was like, oil pulling, like she's pulling oil. I don't know. It sounds kind of gross, honestly, when I when I say it out loud. But you get yeah. like a like not like a big spoonful, but like you get a little bit of oil, about like okay. a, a teaspoon to like a half a tablespoon, I would say. Like and coconut oil. I yeah, I use coconut oil. You okay. can use like olive oil, sesame oil. Uh, other people use other types of oils. I use coconut oil, and you just put it in your mouth. You let it melt, and you swish it around for like twenty minutes, and it helps pull out the toxins, and it helps create like healthier teeth and healthier gums because I'm really for me personally I'm on a journey of healing my teeth naturally so that's that's just one of like the regimens that I do so nice well that's cool yeah because I always saw that and I was like what is oil pulling so yeah now your listeners will know what that is that's cool so happy to tell you guys about this oil pulling (laughs) (laughs) all right so I wanted to talk a little bit more about creativity because yes. creativity is such a big part of your life. And it seems so. like it's been a big part of your life for so, so long. And I also think creativity is such an important thing for others to express. And I don't think creativity has to look a specific way. It doesn't have to be like painting yeah. or photography or writing. It can no. be like creating a dance or just dancing or creating a yoga flow. Like creativity can be any specific way. So what does creativity mean to you? So that's a super good question. And I actually have a quote from Mary Lou Cook. And it's one of my favorites because I'm asked this question so many times. Like it's not even funny. So um, I looked at this quote and I was like, this is what it means to me. So it says, creativity is inventing, experimenting, growing, taking risks, breaking rules, making mistakes, and having fun. That is essentially, in a nutshell, what creativity means to me and to a lot of people. It's just letting yourself and your imagination run wild. You can um, do it through so many different forms like you said dancing or doing theater like I did that in high school and I feel that really helped me express who I was and it put me in front of an audience and I wasn't one to really enjoy that so it broke me out of my shell I think it's so important and yeah I did theater too, not for a long time. I did like two years of it and that really helped me get out of my shell too because it's like you're performing in front of people and you can't really see them because the lights are like so bright and like in your face, but it totally gets you outside of your comfort zone of just being more open and vulnerable to like the eyes of the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So with creativity, what's your favorite part of being creative or what's your favorite way to be creative? Or is there like not really a specific way because you've got like different aspects of it? 
Yeah. So, um, that's a really good question. Um, I really love to dance and in high school, (laughs) in high school, I loved informal dances, formal dances. I did dance at Creative Edge Dance Studio and it was hip hop and I loved it because I loved it. Wait, when did you do that? So I didn't do it my senior year, but I did it high school, freshman, sophomore, and junior year. I did that um, elementary school, middle school. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. We like yeah. almost met, but then we I, didn't. <laughs> then we didn't, I know. <laughs> okay, so, so dancing, you really like to dance. Yes, and honestly, that's something that I truly miss, and I am kind of considering maybe enrolling in like another adult dance class soon. Cause that's so crazy and so cool. Yeah. I've been thinking about doing the same thing like let's this coming do it. fall. Let's do it, yes. yeah. The only thing is we have to perform. <laughs> yep. Yeah, interesting though. It'll be yeah. So, So do you dance like every day, like, or do you like let yourself? No. Well, well. I mean, I listen. (laughs) (laughs) Sad. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, I listen to music every day, and that's another like creative outlet for me because I love music, and um, I try to incorporate. Yes, I love records. I love the sound, everything. Um, but when I have like happy, feel good songs on, I do find myself just dancing because I'm like, this is good. <laughs> like I feel uplifted and in such a good mood. So yeah, and you're releasing yeah. a lot of like emotions or whatever you're feeling throughout the day. And you yeah. may not even be aware that you're releasing it, but you're moving your body, you're moving that energy and you're allowing right. yourself to kind of shift into a new headspace or a new energy type of field, exactly. whatever it may be. Yeah. So I really so, like that you like dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have to say dancing, music and um I love ceramics because I'm a very hands-on um, learner. So with ceramics and especially throwing on the wheel, I love being able to make stuff with my hands and throwing on the wheel. Like it can turn into something you wouldn't even expect. You could make a bowl, you could make a plate, you could make a mug. Like it's so cool to see what you can do and hand building with ceramics is really cool too because you can um take away from a mug and turn it into something like a fish mug or something it's crazy what you can do so those are just a few of my favorite things I love everything art like all of it it's great (laughs) do you ever do ceramics or do you just like something that you want to incorporate more of in the future so (laughs) It's funny you say that because right before the lockdown happened, I actually um, signed up for a ceramics course and I went to one Sunday class and then they were like, oh, we have canceled classes because of COVID-19. I'm like, great. The one thing that I'm like, here we go. Like, this is something I really wanted to... um, take up on because I did it in college but it was only one class so I yeah I was just so pumped and then it got shut down <laughs> yeah, really, there's a lot of things that just like have completely shifted how have you so, been um coping with everything have you been like just doing projects by yes. yourself I saw that you had a photo shoot uh, oh yeah with your yeah so and that, I think that's so fun yeah it was a lot of fun because I 
pulled out my lighting equipment and everything because I just wanted to like re um explore that it had been so long since I had used it and it was really cool so I think doing stuff like that to anybody who's listening to this um photo shoots I actually started taking on embroidery that is something I've always like thought was super cool especially like that vintage like they did it all by hand and like that's so cool to me so right before everything got shut down I actually took a trip to Hobby Lobby one of my favorite stores ever and I bought just a bunch of the fabric the embroidery floss the needles everything so that's something I've been learning more about and I've loved it it's been great Yes, you've been finding ways to like still express yourself and use your creative energy, even though you're not still using it the way you were using it before everything went down and happened. But it's nice because it kind of brings me back to that eighth grade summer when like I had all this free time. So it's it's really cool to kind of go back to that point in my life and have all this free time. I like it. It gives you more time to connect to yourself and understand yourself more because you're dealing with yourself a lot during this time period. It's really like you and your emotions. And even if you live with your family or you live with a boyfriend or you live with like a brother or a sister or a roommate, you're still dealing with yourself way more than you were before because you don't have as many distractions around. Like you're not going to... I mean, you're still working remotely, but you're not like going to work and then doing the whole process to go to work and then doing things outside of work. It's very much, you're spending a lot of time inside and then with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So back to creativity, if someone was hesitant about unlocking their creative side, what advice would you give them to help them express that more or try to like find that area? Because there are so many people that don't think that they can be creative or that they aren't creative. And I think that they can be, they just don't really know how to go about it. And they're kind of blocking themselves off. I totally agree. And I really feel that it's all a mindset thing. Because if you're constantly thinking, oh, I can't do this. I can't draw that. I can't make art. Chances are you're not gonna ever because you're thinking that constantly. And I feel your thoughts control like your actions and your life. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. If you're... um constantly thinking those negative thoughts, you're not going to be able to explore the potential that you do have. So um, I would say, try to think positive thoughts and be open to new opportunities because there's so many resources out there, like online classes, YouTube. I love YouTube because there's so much. much, It's free, one, two. There's so many different videos that you can explore, like embroidery. I didn't know how to even begin with it, but I was watching YouTube and now I feel like I'm getting the basic stitches down and it's really cool. So um, doing that and practicing, like that is so important to practice, practice, practice with anything, with sports. Like you have to go to practice to get better at the sport, you know? So um, I think just focusing on those things and sometimes it helps. I think if you look into like spirituality and see like what maybe your horoscope is saying about you because like I don't know mine has been super accurate with me and the things I like so yeah just checking stuff out yeah and like 
shifting your mindset instead of saying like, I can't shifting it to just, I can. And then I was going to say something else. I completely lost it, which is really unfortunate, but um, yeah, it's really just about like shifting yourself. I think that you or not you, but people will block themselves off before they even try, which stops the entire process. Right. Yeah. So how has creativity helped you throughout your life? Has it helped you shift your mindset? Has it helped you shift into a higher version of yourself? What has creativity done for you to help you throughout your entire life? It has definitely brought me to my higher self, I will have to say, because um, I've explored so many different avenues through college, like all those different classes, making me realize like what lights me up compared to what I'm kind of hesitant towards going into, you know what I mean? So um, I would have to say that it has significantly helped me and it has helped me find different ways to express myself because self-expression is so important and And putting sacred and beautiful. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, um, I just, I've loved being able to have so many creative experiences throughout my life to shape who I am today. Yeah. And creativity kind of like stays with you throughout everything too. It's nothing that is going to go away. And even if you, or again, not you, anyone, even if they feel disconnected from it for a little while, you can always find it again through various forms. So not limiting yourself on a specific way you need to be creative. I think that's really important too. Exactly. So we're going to wrap up here. I'm so happy that you did this interview with me. It was really fun. I learned so much about you. Yeah, Yeah. this was really good. This was really great. So was there anything that you wanted to mention before we end today's episode? Anything you really wanted to say to the audience, the listeners? If not, it's chill. No, Um, I would have to say that for all of you out there listening never stop following your dreams even if they feel like not like they can't be reached chances are with determination courage having a great mindset like you can attain those goals and those dreams so never stop believing and always be kind (laughs) especially right now I feel like I said earlier there's a lot of negative things going on so just spread that kindness be a great person keep doing what you're doing and yeah that's so sweet and so beautiful (laughs) don't give up on yourself no don't not give up on yourself give yourself love so was there something that you wished you were asked that you weren't asked like just a question that you're like I wish I was asked this but it could be by anyone I know that this is your first interview (laughs) so I can't really compare it to other interviews but just in general I love that question, but I have to say, I don't think there was anything you covered so much. And I love that we talked so much about different things like creativity, my high school experience, college, childhood. It was really good. So thank you. Okay, great. If you (laughs) do think of anything, let me know. I'll leave it in the show notes. Yeah. So we talked about this beforehand, but... (laughs) 
do you know what your sun, moon, and your rising is and your human design? So I'm not like an expert on astrology or human design and I don't want to come across like I am everyone, but I am really interested in it. So do you know your sun, your moon, and your rising? So I do not. All I know is that I'm a Libra and that's about it. But I do want to get more into that because I do think that's a lot of information that can apply to your own life. So, yeah. So I wish I knew. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have your chart um, because Ooh. we're friends on that app. CoStar. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. has so been f- a good app. Yeah. So I have your chart. So if I can share it, I want your approval. Yeah, I want to just go for it. So you are a Libra sun. Okay. You are so a what can- does that mean? So I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Um, so don't worry. We're just gonna go over a little. We're gonna skim it. Skim what this yeah. is telling me. That's fine. Okay. You are fundamentally oriented towards fairness and justice. Mm-hmm. You are always generous, and you always see mm-hmm. both sides of every situation. I feel like that's pretty much you. Yeah. (laughs) They're more impressionable than they appear and they do what they say and can get a lot done. Um, Very true. You're a Cancer moon. So we have the same moon, which is like pretty cool. Okay. That Um, is super cool. Yeah. Your moon rules your emotions, your moods, and your feelings. So it says that your emotional self is sensitive, thoughtful, and empathetic. Um, They secretly fear being abandoned by those they love. And then you are a rising in Pisces, which is another water sign. Very fluid. They come across as kind, dreamy, imaginative, and sensitive. Most of their actions seem subtle, non-aggressive, subtle. I don't know why I said that. Subtle. (laughs) (laughs) Non-aggressive, and they may come off as indecisive. So... I don't know. I mean, most of... So I've noticed because a lot of horoscopes that I've seen for Libra say like the indecisiveness, but I feel like I can make a decision pretty well. Like I know what I want. Like sometimes I'm like, hmm, like that's a good question. I don't know. But other than that, I feel that all was pretty accurate and that's super cool. Heck yeah. And then do you know your human design? Uh, I know your human design. (laughs) You're the okay. same as me. We're the I'm same. Like, no. Well, Wait, I only know part of it. Is yeah. that the man- oh, yeah, you're I, a manifesting you generator. So I don't know what your authority is. I know my authority is emotional. I have no idea what your authority is or like what is blocked and what isn't blocked. And essentially manifesting generators can do a bunch of things that they really love at like the same time. And yes. as long as they're not doing something that like drains them out or that they don't enjoy, they can kind of keep going. Manifesting generators really need to be exhausted at the end of the day to like sleep throughout the night and to wake up and kind of do it all over again. Yeah. And you are very much a manifesting generator. Can we just go back to like the fall? Because <laughs> the, fall, yeah. the fall, it came oh, out. Manifesting yeah, generator shouted at you. <laughs> like, hello, I'm here to do everything I love and never, ever really sleep. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So last few questions. Yeah. Go How are it. you going to put love and care into yourself for the rest of the day? The rest of the day. So I'm going to make... A nice lunch. So I love this one recipe that um, I found. I can't remember where, but it's zucchini and summer squash basil pasta. So what you do, yeah, what you do is you just chop up the zucchini and summer squash and you throw it in a large skillet with some thyme and red pepper flakes. 
And um, there's a few other ingredients. I'm just trying to think of it off the All top the of goods. my head. Yeah. You should and, um, post it on your Insta, like a picture I, of it. So it is on my story. So if you are following me, I think we'll discuss that later, like my account yeah. info. But um, it is on one of my stories, all the ingredients and stuff. So check it out. But it's so good. And you mash up the zucchini and summer squash with a potato masher and it turns into like this thick sauce it's actually Mm. really yeah it's good because you're getting in your veggies and then you got pasta i normally use either brown rice or chickpea pasta and it's super good so yeah i'm gonna make that That and i'm not sure about the weather right now but i'm hoping to go for a long walk and listen to a good podcast yeah those are great ways yeah. To put love into yourself and care for yourself, fueling yourself, doing things that light you up, relaxing. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful things. <laughs> okay, so there was there any other quotes or saying that you wanted to leave the listeners with? Because I know that you've said, I think like two or three by now. I think two. Yeah. So was so there anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, <laughs> yes, give it to I me. Love, I love them. I love quotes. And like Pinterest, looking up quotes is like another side hobby I have. I love this. So... <laughs> Um, this one is by Marilyn Monroe, another idol of mine, Fred Rogers, Marilyn Monroe. So she says, just because you fail once, it doesn't mean you're going to fail at everything. Keep trying, hold on, and always, always, always believe in yourself. Because if you don't, then who will? So keep your head high, keep your chin up, and most importantly, keep smiling because life's a beautiful thing and there's so much to smile about. That's one of my favorite quotes of like all time. <laughs> I really like that. I like the believe in yourself because yes. that is so important to life so in general. Important. All right. Yeah. So where can people find you? Like socials, Facebook, Instagram, all of that good, good. <laughs> all the good. So Instagram, my page is Tiana, T-I-A-N-N-A. A lot of people spell my name with one, but it's two. Tiana underscore sparks. And then if you want to follow my photography page on Instagram, it's Tiana dot sparks dot photo. And then my Facebook page is just Tiana Sparks. My Facebook um page for TS photography is just T dot S dot photography. So yeah. and what's your website in case they want to look website, at your bookings and stuff? Awesome. Um, so it is TS photography, no dots, just TS photography dot myportfolio.com. I'd love right. it if you could check it out. It's got a lot yeah. Of and if you're stuff. local to the area, I'm sure she'll have, I think you still have a little bit of senior photos left for the summer. Yes. Yeah. Please hit me up. So when <laughs> this is all over, if you want your picture taken, hit up T. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> right. So thank you so awesome. much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Emily. I am so happy that we did this. I learned Me so much too. about you. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> say bye to the listeners and All right. they'll check you out online. Yeah. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. And Emily, you were an awesome host. So thank Thanks. you. I'm honestly so grateful that I was your first interviewee. Is that the yeah, first? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. You're good. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.
All right, everyone. So that's the end of today's episode. I'm so happy that Tiana came on and did this podcast with me. I hope you all enjoyed listening to it as much as I did recording it and listening back to it. I swear I learned more the second time around, like after I recorded it and I was re-listening to it than I did the first time around. I really loved recording with Tiana. She has so much to offer and she's doing amazing work on her end and she's very inspiring and very motivating. So if you are interested in anything that she said or any part of her story, totally go check out her socials. This week, I challenge you all to do one thing that is outside of your comfort zone and that is creative. So if you do any of these two things, then please share with me or Tiana on our social medias. I'm sure Tiana would love to see it just as much as I would love to see it. She lives for creativity. So if you do anything creative and and if it's outside of your comfort zone, totally hit up our socials and tell us what you did or show us what you did. I really want you to unlock your creative side this week and do something that makes you feel good. So if you do that, just hit me up, you know? (laughs) And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on my Instagram, my blog, and my Facebook. They're all linked in the show notes. They're always in the show notes. And Tiana's socials are linked in the show notes as well. So go check her out. All of her info is down below. At least I think that's where the show notes are. I really, it depends on what platform you're listening on. Also, I would absolutely love it if you rated and reviewed my podcast and mean the absolute world to me. It's really fun to create and I love doing it and I would love to be able to gain more listeners so I can get more feedback on what you all want from me. So rating and reviewing the podcast would totally help with that. So if you feel called to do that, please do that. And with all of that being said, I cannot wait to chat with you all soon. If I don't chat with you before, if I if you don't follow me on my other socials, I will talk to you all next Monday. Have a wonderful rest of your day, night, whatever time it is, and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye!